Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
this is Patrick Sanders, um, your host for this hour of Prayer International. And tonight we're going to be looking at a devotional, praying. And so let's go to God right now in prayer. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for breaking every yoke, for breaking every chain, every plague, every mist of darkness off of our lives that Father, you desired us so much. You came looking for us through your only begotten Son. You came looking for us through the extent that his blood would be shed for us so that we could be redeemed unto you, Father. And so we thank you for his blood that shows us how precious we are in your sight, how wanted we are by you. That, Father, you you went to that extent to pay for us, to redeem us, to get us back to where you're at. And so, Father, we just pray that uh, you'd open up our hearts to your word tonight, that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit and concentrate us and strengthen us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to be talking tonight about um, praying and not giving up, that our God is a living God, that he can hear your prayer and the contradiction that we have to go through the contradiction of faith because when you pray, you don't see anything. You may not feel anything, but God says he's there and that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so I just encourage you tonight, whatever you're in prayer over in your particular life, to continue seeking God in that prayer and to not give up and to know that he's a living God who will never leave you nor forsake you. And there's a man... who was the prototype, was the blueprint of faith, and the faith that we're all living in. He had to go through the same thing that we're going through, and his name was Abraham. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, God says, And it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not, as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed that it was imputed unto him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him who that raised up our Lord Je- uh, Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So Abraham went before us and we can see that he had to fight the good fight of faith and uh, that he had to hope and he was, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. He was walking in an absolute contradiction that nothing in the natural uh, said that what God said was true. Say, God said, it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. And so, this was Abraham's battle. 
the battle between what God said and what uh, he knew in his body, in his natural senses, that his body was now dead and um, the, the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief to what his eyes saw and what his body experienced and felt but rather he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So he believed in hope against hope. Everything was against it, but he continued to believe in it. He continued to pray the word. It says that uh, we are to always rejoice, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances. And God, who does not lie, spoke that to us because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows from his throne room uh, he's got that bird's eye view over your life from beginning to end and he says it's going to turn out good and that you need to not stop praying because when doubt comes in that's when prayer leaves because the enemy wants to reason with your mind. He wants to persuade your mind to believe what you feel and sense in the natural is real. But I'm here to tell you that the source and the root to everything that's in the natural is actually rooted in the spiritual. That the Bible is the source code, it's the programming for the world that we live in. And you've been given the programmer's manual. And you can open it and you can begin to reprogram your life simply by uh, stating that what the Bible says is over and above what you experience, see, and feel. That everything you see, feel, and experience has a spiritual root to it. And that old root has passed away. And for you, behold, all things have become new. Let's go to a scripture in Isaiah 43. Verse 18, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This could have been a verse that uh, Abraham meditated upon, for faith comes by the word, by hearing the word, and uh God told Abraham not to remember the former things, not to consider the things of old, the things of the natural. See, God has broken the old natural realm that uh, when Jesus said, children, have ye any meat? And they said, no, we've been fishing all night. And he said, well, cast on the right-hand side of your boat. And they cast it, and all of a sudden there's a great multitude of fish, so it weighed their boats down. That was an instant multiplication, uh, instant manifestation of the kingdom of God, and it made no sense in the natural. It made no sense that Isaac could be born of Sarah and Abraham, who were now dead. And uh, in like figure, he, he was like he was prophesying the resurrection of the Son of God. And that same spirit that raised up Jesus now dwells in you. He can raise you out of your depression. He can raise you out of your poverty. He can raise you out of generational curses of bondage and addiction. It says, remember ye not the former things. Don't think about it. Don't consider the things of old. 
you've got to renew your mind. And by the renewing of your mind, you'll be transformed. Your life will take on the image of the Son of God and you'll walk in what Jesus walked in. But it begins with your mind. The battle of the mind. Don't remember the former things. Don't consider them. Don't think upon them. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth that today is the day of salvation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Receive not the grace of God in vain. By faith we access this grace. And uh, he said, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Well, Abraham ex- uh, experienced a way in the wilderness. He experienced rivers in the desert. It says, the beast of the field shall honor me, and the dragons and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. See, it's in the desert that you get excited. It's in the wilderness that you begin to praise God because it says right here that he makes a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and that he gives drink to his people. So if you're in a desert, you know you're about to encounter a river. If you're in a place of death, you know that you're about to encounter a resurrection. If you're in a place of confusion, you know that you're about to come into a place of clarity. It says in Micah that though I sit in darkness, yet the Lord shall be a light unto me. When do you, get, when do you start getting happy and rejoicing when you're sitting in darkness? Because the word says that when I sit in darkness, yet the Lord shall be a light unto me. It says, the Lord will light my candle. The Lord will enlighten my darkness. And that's the time that you start praising the Lord. It says uh, in Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's exactly what Abraham did. He made straight in his personal desert of deadness, the contradiction of God saying that uh, you're going to be a father of many nations, but him and Sarah being as good as dead, uh, make straight in that desert a highway for our God. A highway that we make straight for God is our faith. When we begin to confess the word of God, to proclaim his truth over what you see, feel, and experience, and when you choose to not medicate yourself through sin, but to stay in a desert instead of going in town to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and getting that pain pill, when you choose to stay in a desert, it's in the desert that the rivers are going to come forth and that the wilderness is going to pool up with uh, pools of waters of salvation. He says that while we're yet in the wilderness, we are to prepare a way for the Lord, that we are to get our mouth right with God. We're to get our heart right with God. He says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You've got to hide his word in your heart and begin to speak it faithfully and to stand on his promise, believing in hope against hope, not staggering, not being weak in faith. And so you're going to come into the glory of the Lord. It says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Has God ever said a lie? 
is anything too hard for God? Is anything impossible for him? So if there's nothing impossible for him, it's time to get our praise on. It's time to worship the Lord. For he said in the desert, he says, uh, Isaiah 41, verse 17, when the poor and the needy seek water and there is none, tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. So it's in the time of your poverty, it's in the time of your need, it's in the time of your thirst that the Lord says, I, the Lord, will hear them in that time. And that moment is when God is actually hearing you. When you think he's furthest away, that's when he's closest than you could ever imagine. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, that's the time right there in the wilderness, in the desert, that God is going to open something up to you. And so, Father God, we just give you the glory, we give you the praise, that you are a mountain-moving God, that you are a river-revealing God in the desert. Lord, we thank you that nothing is too hard for you, that, Father, you can cause uh, Mary to give birth to the Son of God without knowing a man that you can cause Abraham and Sarah and the deadness of their body to give resurrection, to give life to birth to Isaac, whose name means laughter. Father, we thank you that you sit in the heavens, you sit upon the throne room, and you laugh at the heathen, Lord God. And so, Lord, we thank you that what we're afraid of, that's what you're laughing at, that what we think, Lord God, is a giant to us. In fact, Father, to you, is nothing more than an ant. So, Father God, we give you our troubles, our problems, our cares. We cast our burden upon the Lord, and you shall sustain us. You will never suffer the righteous to be moved. You want us to be anxious about nothing. You said to be rejoice always, to pray without stopping, and to always give thanks in all circumstances. So, Father, we thank you that you're on top of the circumstance, and so we are on top of it as well because we are in you. And so, Father, we thank you that it is in our desert that you are going to make your river known. And so, Father God, we just give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go into another time of worship.
program we talked about Abraham and his faith and the struggle that he went through and uh, this last part of the program we're going to talk about Jonah and I'm going to start out in chapter 2 of Jonah it says uh, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of hell 
cried I, and thou heardest my voice. And um, that reminded me of, verse, of a verse in Joel, uh, chapter 2, verse 32. It says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And so I really like that as an anchor verse right there. It says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There's no guesswork in that. There's no, maybe you might be delivered, but it says you shall be delivered. And um, when God was speaking to Abraham, he said, You are going to be a father of many nations. And uh, the deadness of, uh, of Abraham and Sarah did not even factor in. It was not even th- something that's considered in the Word of God. And so I just uh, love and prize the Word of God, how that it is a rock, that it does not waver in whatever circumstance we're in, whatever situation we're in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the Word of God. It's the rock of all ages, and it never wears away, never changes. And so it was for good, good for Abraham, and uh, it's going to be good for Jonah here. It says uh, in verse 2 again, it says, And I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. So I like that because in the belly of hell I cried, and God heard my voice. And David said, Where can I go? Uh, do I go up to a mountain? Do I go up to heaven? I, I make my bed in hell. Behold, thou art there. So it doesn't matter where we go in life, uh, that every place we go, even in the darkest and most deadest place, behold, God is there right in that dark place, in that dark hour. And we often think that because we're in a desert, because we're in a state of deadness like Abraham was or swallowed up in a belly, of a fish in hell like Jonah was that somehow God can't hear us or he's not hearing us or that he doesn't care but I'm here to tell you the exact opposite is true that it's in that desert that the river is going to come forth that the pool is going to be in the wilderness and um, victory is right there where you're at in uh, the darkest moment you think that's where God is listening when you think he's not he's actually listening to you more there than any, any place before so verse 3, for thou, hadst, for thou hadst cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The death closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. So I like what he says, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. And that's what you've got to do. That's the prevailing faith that Abraham had. He he believed in hope against hope, and uh, in his weakness he did not stagger in weakness, but he gave power to God, believing that God was able to do what he said he was going to do. And here Jonah is, he's looking again towards God's holy temple, And that's what you've got to do when you're swallowed up in the belly of a whale. You have to keep looking towards God because he surely is going to answer your prayer. He surely is going to manifest himself to you because he is the living God. It says in verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars 
was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from the corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed salvation is of God. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Isn't that good that God can speak to your hell? He can speak to the thing that has swallowed you. He can speak to your darkness, and he can cause it to to uh, take take its hold off of you and to release you. So we don't uh, talk about the problem. We talk to God, and it's God who has mastery over every problem in your life, and he's able to speak to the problem and cause it to release you. So uh, Jonah came to the realization, he says, that salvation is of the Lord. And uh, he says, when my soul fell within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came unto thee, even into thy holy temple. And that makes me think of uh, of David in Psalm 18, where he said something similar. He said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. And so... Uh, and then before that, he says, the sorrows of hell compassed me about and the snares of death prevented me. So he was in the same situation that Jonah was. And his solution was to call upon the Lord, uh, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. And uh, God heard out of his temple. God is in heaven. He's on the throne. He's in the temple. But he hears our cries in our moments and our times of distress. And he, to uh, release us, he's able to speak to the fish, to the things and the problems that sw- seek to swallow us, and that uh, he is able to open that up and to give us life if we call upon the name of the Lord. Because re- remember what I said in Joel, it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There's no guesswork there. If you call upon the Lord, you are going to be delivered. And it says, whoever can call upon him, whosoever may be saved, whosoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. And uh, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. You've got to break up your own ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Well, Daniel was in a fix, and uh, it was only after 21 days, after praying for 21 days, the Lord's at the breakthrough, and uh, he got to get out of his situation. But it says that God, from the very moment he started praying on day, that God heard his prayer sent that fought with the and 21 days later he got released so don't give up on uh, praying don't give up word is true and that he's the God and he's going to make his word come to pass in your life and he 
or Abraham as a prototype, as a, a blueprint, and it wasn't just done for Abraham. It wasn't just done for Jonah. It wasn't just done for David or uh, Daniel. But he's no respecter of persons, and he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he, what he did for them, he's as well, because God does not change. And let's go to Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. It's a scripture that's been quoted a lot in prayer circles. It says, uh, and this is God speaking, it says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. So God's looking for someone who will uh, make up the hedge of prayer, who will build that wall of prayer, that building that wall of petition and requesting and making your supplications known unto God, and who will stand in the gap. The gap of what? The gap between the time that you begin to pray and the time that you see the manifestation. There is a 21-day gap in Daniel uh, when he started to pray until he received the manifestation, the answer of prayer. So God's looking for someone who will stand and not fall in that uh, 21 day of trial, that tr- uh, tribulation, until the Lord speaks to your fish and causes it to release you. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and should stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So God's looking for someone who will stand. He's looking for someone who will cry out and pray to him. And whoever calls upon the Lord shall be delivered. It's not maybe might be delivered, but you will be delivered. And uh, your voice will come into the throne of God, and uh, he will hear your cry and he'll answer your prayer. So let's go to a time of prayer, and then we're going to end up with worship here. Father God, we just give you the praise that you're an everlasting God, that uh, you're not a liar, that what you said is true, and that with you, Father, nothing is impossible, that you can do all things. Father, we praise you for your faithfulness to uh, Abraham, Lord God. And we know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you gave him as an example that we should hope against hope that even everything in the natural Lord God, maybe contradicting your word. We thank you that it's a lie and we cast down those uh, thoughts that exalt themselves above the word of God. We humble ourselves to your word, believing what your word says above our feelings because those who humble themselves, you will exalt them, Lord God. And you said resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's no doubt about it. And Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to Jonah, that as he was swallowed up in his own private hell and went down into darkness, Lord, that his prayer returned unto his God. His thoughts returned unto you, and you heard him in the midst of hell. Father, where can we go to hide from you, Lord? There's no place on earth. There's no depth, no darkness that can take hold of us and pull us down, that you're not able, Father, to speak to that darkness and cause it to release it. So, Father, we thank you for the testimony of your love and faithfulness to Jonah. We thank you that uh, 
you answered Daniel's prayer. We thank you that you fought with the prince of Persia, that you fought with the devil, with the powers and principalities. You are willing to deal with them, to uproot them uh, over our lives, to get rid of them so that the answer can come through. And that, Father, what you did for Daniel, you're the same and you'll do for us. And that uh, you're looking for a man that should stand up and make up the hedge of prayer and petition and supplication and request before your throne and to stand in that gap and to wait until you answer because you surely will answer because you're the living God. And we praise you for it tonight, Father. And uh, I just pray for all those listening, Father, uh, that you'd strengthen them and bless them and consecrate them and strengthen them with your holy anointing and that you'd send your word that breaks off mindset, that breaks off the voice of the enemy that is so subtle, Lord God, so easy for us to hear. Lord, I just break that off their minds, and we just declare that your sheep hear your voice and that with God uh, all things are possible. So, Lord, we thank you that you're sitting on the throne and you're laughing at the enemy, Father, and we praise you for it. And, Father, I just pray for everyone's need that you'd meet and bless all the needs of the people tonight through your provision. And, uh, Lord, I pray for Wendy. I pray that, Father, you'd give her guidance and that you'd lead her to that church home, a good church where she can be around family, Father, that they can be a blessing to her and that place where she can be honored with her gifts and she can receive from other people's giftings to sharpen her. Lord, I pray for all those listening that we'd all find a family, church family, a, a good home to where we can be involved, to where we can have a place, Father, and uh, shine for you. And so, Father, we just give you the thanks and praise tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, thanks for letting me talk to you tonight. My name is Patrick Sanders. This is Prayer International. And uh, we give all, all the glory and all the praise to Jesus. Amen.
Pray, I pray. 